Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. You know, during this time of the season, um, we think about how the Lord died on the cross. But the best part about it is that he rolled away the stone and he got up and he went home to prepare a place for us. And I know the angels in heaven were rejoicing when they knew that Jesus was coming home. Amen? And we should all be rejoicing too that he went away to prepare a place for us. Amen? His back is bent and weary, his voice is tired and low. His sword is worn from battle and his steps have gotten slow. Though he used to walk on water, well it seemed that way to me. I know he moved some mountains and never left his knees strike up the band assemble the choir another soldier's coming home another warrior hears his call he's waited for so long He'll battle no more, for he's won his war. Make sure heaven's table has room for at least one more. Sing a welcome song, another soldier's coming home. He's faced the winds of sorrow, and his heart knew no retreat. He's walked in narrow places, knowing Christ knew no defeat. And now his steps turn homeward, so much closer to the prize. He's sounding kind of homesick, and there's a longing in his to our listening audience at station KKVV. What a blessing to have you join us at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope and pray that you will find salvation in the message today. 
We are located at 1720 North J Street. Our website is www.abundantlifelv.org. For further information, you may also reach us at 702-647-2627. We are pastored by Pastor Russell Lewars. Our associate pastor is Johnny Holliday, and our first elder is Clarence Brown. Uh, this afternoon, our message is entitled, The Death of a Conscious. The Death of a Conscious. After our next musical selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Pastor Russell Lee Wars. Hear ye him. Good morning again, church. I ask for your prayers as I attempt to sing this next song, please. Always has a ram in the bush. Amen. I feel quite sure if I did my best, I could maybe impress you with tender words of harmony. A clever rhyme or two but if all I've done in the time we've shared is turn your eyes on me then I failed at what I've been called to do someone else I want you to see Will you love Jesus more when we go our different ways? When this moment is a memory, will you remember his face? Will you look back and realize you sensed his love more than you did before. I pray for nothing less than for you to love Jesus more. I'd like to take these memories in frames of gold and silver and reminisce a year from now about the smiles we shared but above all else i'd like you to come to know the father's love and when you see the Lord face to face, you hear him say, well done. Will you love Jesus more when we go our different ways? When this moment is a memory, Will you remember his face? Will you look back and realize you sensed his love more than you did before? 
I pray for nothing less than for you to love Jesus more. Will you love Jesus more when we go our different ways? When this moment is a memory, will you remember his face? Will you look back and realize you sensed his love more than you did before? I pray for nothing less than for you to love Jesus more. I pray for nothing less than for you to love Jesus more. Love Jesus that the equipment broke so that I could hear that song. Sometimes things happen and we are blessed. And that's the right song. I wish that you would love Jesus more. Now, I hope that I don't have to preach without a mic. I have done it before, Brother Turner, but I don't think today is the right time. One, two. Getting a lot of feedback as well. Brother Gordon, I want you to sort out my mic situation. Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord, church. I want you to hang on to your Bibles. Do you have your Bibles today? Yes. Let me see your Bibles. It's on your phone. In this middle right here, I don't see no Bibles right here. Yeah, I'll put you on blast. Yeah. Let me see your Bibles. Praise him. Hallelujah. Some people in different parts of the world would do just about anything Taylor to get a Bible. Yes. And here we are, we have, we even give them away free. And don't you just love the word of God today? I got a few moments with you and then I'm going to let you go. I don't plan to be long-winded today, so you need to buckle up, grab your Bible, and follow me. All right? Subject today is the death of a conscience. Can your conscience die? Mm -hmm. uh, let me read the word of God and then I'll pray. The Bible says, Matthew the 12th chapter, are you there? Talk to me, are you there? Matthew the 12th chapter, and I'm reading verse 30 from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, he who is not with me is what? And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Therefore, number 31, therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But 
whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be for either in this world or the world to come. Shall we pray together? Father, we thank you right now for the word. Lord, touch my lips. Anoint me, O Father. And I pray, I pray, O God, that you may season the words that I speak today. Season these words with love, with mercy and compassion. Thank you for your grace, O Father, and for your patience. For we prayed in the name that's above every name, the name Jesus. Let God's people say, Amen. So, the death of a conscience. The death of a conscience. Can your conscience die? We are going to find out today, and we are talking really about the unpardonable sin. When does your conscience die? Matthew, the 12th chapter, starting with verse 30, I read with you. And I read it for you because this verse is a very serious verse in Scripture. It lets us know that we cannot go through the world, go through life, expecting to have a hand on the world and a hand on God. Stay with me. You cannot have one foot in the church and one on the outside. This month, this is the final of this series that I've entitled, Disturb Us. Disturb Us. And we have been looking at some distinctive truths of the Seventh-day Adventist Church that you believe and that I believe and that are founded in the Word of God. Can you say amen? I want you to know that Jesus says, He that is not with me is against me. And he wanted to be clear that you understood that. Your Bible also tells us that any sin that is not covered by the blood of Jesus means death to the sinner. And the Bible says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. A definition of sin is given to us in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. The Bible says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is what? Lawlessness. That's what it is. And any sin that remains with us until death or judgment is a sin that will destroy us. And you can take it to the bank. The Bible says out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies, all of these things come out of the heart. And when I say heart, children, I don't mean the one that goes boom, tiddy, boom, tiddy, boom. I'm talking about your mind. That's where it starts. The Bible talks about the mind or heart generally. When it says heart, the Bible is speaking about your mind. And the Bible says out of your mind comes murders, adulteries, fornications, 
talking about your mind. I've heard it said that you may not be able to stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, and remember that you don't have to go out and shoot somebody or kill somebody to murder somebody. Oh, you didn't hear me. You can murder people when you hate them. When you eat them over your dinner tables. Take your fork and dive into them. Jesus not only says that, but he says that if you look at a woman lustfully to commit lust, he says that you have committed adultery already. And some people say when they get in trouble, preacher, pastor, you know, I wasn't really thinking. I want to let you know you were thinking. <laughs> you were thinking, you thought about it so long, that after a while, what is strictly forbidden suddenly became enticing, tempting, delicious, delectable, and you believed it was a delight, and you got into trouble. Out of the heart comes fornications. All of that is birth up in your mind. This is where the filth starts, right up here. You plan it, you prepare it, and I don't care where you watch it. If you watch it in 3D or HD, or you watch it on the internet, filth is filth. And I'm so glad to let you know that although all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God, I've got good news today. Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of some sins. Of all sins. Every incy, wincy, everything. God says, I am willing to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And this is found in 1 John 1 verse 9. God says, come, let us reason together. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says, come, let us reason together. The God of the universe is talking to us as if we are important. He is saying, come, let us have a little dialogue together. I love you. I want to save you. Though your sins are there as scarlet, I want to wash you and make you white as snow. And I don't care how sweet sin is. And sin is sweet, amen. Oh, I'm the only one that knows that today. Yes, indeed, sin begins sweet. It starts out nice, starts out fine, and then later on, like a serpent. Ah, it gets a hold of you, it poisons you, and then it destroys you. Sin self-destructs. Sin will never succeed. Sin will poison, it will destroy your soul. So God says, come, let us reason together. Have mercy. The God of the universe wants to save us. He says he's faithful. He is just and he wants to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, some people say, well, what is this death of a conscience? What is the unpardonable sin? Some say, well, suicide is the unpardonable sin. Well, is it? Technically, no. Since Samson 
pulled down the temple of Dagon on himself. And yet we find in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32, write these texts down, and verse 32, we find there Gideon, we find David, we find Samuel, and they're all in the same verse with Samson saying that he is a part of the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame that we consider the Hall of Faith. That he is a spiritual giant of the Bible. So I guess that's not necessarily the unpardonable sin. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying to run out and commit suicide. You have a very slim chance to make it into the kingdom if you commit suicide. Do you understand me? I don't recommend it. The just shall live by faith. And not to live by faith is sin. Now, there are several ways we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. You do know that. Amen? Amen? Oh, yes. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, well, I'm not doing anything bad in my life. I'm not doing anything. I'm not rebelling. Well, you know, do you know not to do anything can very well be a sin? Do you want me to prove it to you? Of course you do. Yes, yes, you do. Remember the good Samaritan. Man, they beat him up, beat him real bad, blooded him up, and he was left on the road to Jericho to die. And then a priest came by, a preacher came by, saw him on the street, and walked this side. Said, happy Sabbath, y'all. Take care. <laughs> and he went on to the synagogue. And then you have another person who came by, a Levite. He came, and he walked on the other side. And he looked, he probably came over. Oh, boy, have mercy. And he kept on walking. And he left him there to die. Then we have another man who came, and he came off his donkey, and he looked at the man, cradled his head in his arm, and he took him in, took care of him until he was well, and he took care of business. No, 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 no. Would you say that the two individuals, the priest and the Levite, do you think they were okay for passing him by? Did they do anything wrong? Of course they did. And so we can grieve the Holy Spirit, grieve the Holy Ghost, because we refuse to do that which we know is right. James 4, verse 17, if you don't believe me, I got to give you a text for it. James, what did I say, church? Yes, man, turn the pages of the Bible. That's why you came to church, to look in the Word. Not just to take what I say to be doctrine, but to take it from the Bible. And James 4, 17 says, Therefore, to him, to him who knows to do what? And does not do it, to him it is sin. We are guilty of neglecting to do that which is right. A lot of people are going to go to hell because they just didn't do the right thing. So you're thinking you got to go out and rob a bank, right? To murder somebody. No, you can just sit there and do nothing and you're on your way to good old hell. That's why Paul says, Romans 2, verse 13, For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law are, will be justified. And Paul's talking about the moral law. This is from the Bible. This is not from the church. This is not something I made up. This is the word of God. And so... Some people tell me, I see them coming to church five years, three years, ten years, 
and they listen to sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon and they live the same way. And you ask, they even greet you at the door, praise God for the sermon. Good word, preacher. And you're like, okay, so are you going to surrender to Jesus now? Oh, no, I, I got some things to work on, Pastor. I, I, I'm not ready yet. I got to get some things together. You get some things together? I tell you who is getting some things together for you. There's a little guy. He's called the devil, and he's getting things ready for you. And the longer you're waiting, the more difficult it gets for you to surrender and to give your life to Jesus. So we don't have no excuses. You don't have any excuses. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, you are, we are without excuse. So don't tell me you can't get your act together, that you can't get things sorted out. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now what about those times you, you didn't know? Like I, I didn't know for 20 years. You know, I, I, I just didn't know. Well, praise God. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Acts 17, Acts, the 17th chapter, and verse 30, the Bible says, and in those times, Russ, when you didn't know, I was winking at your ignorance. You didn't know that the Sabbath was to be kept holy. You were playing soccer. You were doing all these things. You were watching television on the Sabbath. But now you know. What are you going to do about it? Jesus says, now you know, I'm going to hold you accountable. Because you are responsible now for what you know. So you've been in the church 10, 15 years, and it's the same thing. Well, I don't know where you are, and I'm not about to judge you. It's between you and Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. But Hosea 4 verse 6 says, my people, my people, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. And I will also reject you, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. God means serious business. He means what he says, and he's going to hold us to it. The Bible says, not only can you offend God, the scholars call it the sin of omission, but there's also the sin of passion. You know, sometimes people can get on your, well, people can get on your nerves. I mean your last nerve. Even when you leave in church, Right after the sermon, Elder, people get on your nerves. You lose the spirit before you get to the car. And you upset. And you just heard the word. You were blessed. You were spirit-filled. And you live. Uh, call that the sin of passion. You lose self-control. Right after you heard the word. Well, you know, when you lose that, that's not, when you lose your temper, when you lose control, that is not God's ideal, God's plan for our lives. Scholars also tell us that there is another sin called the sin of commission, that we also grieve the Holy Spirit. This is also what we refer to as presumptuous sins. You remember David. David, God called him from he was young and anointed him with oil. And this is the same David who took advantage of a woman who took advantage, they call it power rape in the psychological world. He used his influence, he used his position to take advantage of somebody else's wife. Because he was king, he thought he could have done anything. 
And so he committed adultery. And that wasn't enough. What he did, he tried to clean up his mess. So he committed murder and killed the woman's husband, a trusty man. The man was a church man. Went to church every Sabbath in the sanctuary and committed murder, committed adultery. He lied to the prophet. Presumptuous sin. And yet the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. Is the Bible contradicting itself? No. Psalm 19, 13 tells us why. See, when David sinned, David would fall down, prostrate, and ask God, God, I come again. Forgive me. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Psalm 19, 13 says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not. Have dominion over me. He cries out to God. And God hears him. And it says, I then shall be innocent from the great transgression. And I can say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I say, praise God, because I am like David. Yes, I didn't kill anybody. I didn't commit adultery. But I'm no different from David. There are several things all of us struggle with inside here. But the point is that when we make our mistake, we come to the throne of grace and let go of our ways and let God work within us. Amen. Amen. Numbers 15, 30 to 31 says, The soul that doeth aught presumptuously. Numbers 15, 30 to 31 says, The soul that doeth aught presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord. And that soul shall be cut off from among his people, because he has despised the word of the Lord. God is serious about the sin problem, ladies and gentlemen. And whoever deliberately commits sin, he despises the word the Bible says. And God will cut him off. But Hebrews 6, 4, 6 also tells us that when you have heard the truth and you turn your back on God, that there are times, the Bible says, it may be impossible to return to the Lord. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. God takes this business seriously. He takes our salvation seriously. And right now, Jesus is in the sanctuary interceding for us. But thank God we're not left alone. Can the church say amen? amen? We're not left alone. He left us a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he says, while I have to go, I'm leaving my Holy Spirit here to convict you, to work with you. And he's going to continue to work with us until Jesus comes. So he says, that's why David says, Psalm 51, 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. He pleaded with God. He did not quench the Holy Spirit. But there's a line that we can cross. We can cross a line. And when we cross that line, we never know when that will occur. In fact, the Bible says, 1 Timothy 4, 2, that our conscience, there are some among us, people in the last days, their conscience will be seared, as it were, with a hot iron. What does that mean? You know, I play the guitar. And there's one right here. There's a guitar right there. And I play the guitar. And over time, when I just started strumming away, you know what happened? My fingers hurt. And every time I picked it up and I held a G and I strum it, my fingers, Jason, would hurt. And I would put it down and I would blow on my fingers. 
and I would put a little liquid on them. And then I would go back again, and I would strum again and play my song. You know, over time, saints, over time, my fingers would not hurt me anymore. After a while, my fingers grew callous and hard. You can see them. So when I hold the chords on the guitar, I can do so smoothly because I don't feel the pain on my fingertips anymore because they're calloused and hardened. Ladies and gentlemen, over time, when we repeat the same transgression, head long and head strong, over time, our consciences become hardened. We, don't, we no longer listen. We can't hear the Holy Spirit calling us, beckoning to us, uh, 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 reasoning with us. We no longer want to yield to him because we have become cold and hardened. And God is saying any sin that you refuse to confess to him and it stays with you until death or the judgment that is the unpardonable sin. God wants to do something with us. Can you say amen? amen? God wants to save us. God says, harden not your hearts. As I wrap this up, 1 Samuel 6, verse 6, the Bible asks us, Samuel, the Bible pleads with us. 1 Samuel 6, verse 6, he says, why? Why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and the Pharaoh hardened their hearts. Bible says Proverb 1, 24 to 25, because I've called and you refused. You, you, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. In other words, harden your heart and you become hardened. When do you commit the unpardonable sin? When does your conscience die? I don't know. This preacher doesn't know. Neither do you. So it behoves us. It says the Bible tells us that therefore we should be ready not clinging to any sin at all or anything that we know is standing between us and God that we should let it go now. Achan, Achan provoked the Holy Spirit. You know how he did it? He buried the Babylonian garment in his tent. He buried some of the battle spoils. And you know what happened? Over time, they cast lots, and they said, we need to find out why we're losing the battle. Why are we struggling? Why are we beaten so soundly by our enemies? And all that time, Achan had the opportunity to surrender himself and confess. Three times, nothing. And so at the end of the day, Achan and his entire family was stoned to death and then burned because he provoked the Holy Spirit. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit and were struck dead immediately. King Saul, God stopped talking to him. And over time, what happened? Saul, King Saul, ran himself on a sword committing suicide. Judas had three years in which to surrender his heart to God. And eventually he hardened his heart. And the Bible says it would have been better had Judas not been born. And he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. 
and he thought that he could make a difference. You know, when we get in trouble, we, we think we can, we can hide things. We can cover it up. So he brought back the 30 pieces of silver and throw it and say, I don't want the money anymore. Take it, take it. But it was too late then. And his probation was closed. It was over and he didn't know it. And so he ran out. Got a piece of rope, put it around his neck and killed himself. Bible says his bowels fell out. Dogs had his bowels. Stand with me, church. Can your conscience die? Yes. Can you commit the unpardonable sin? Yes. When? This pastor doesn't know, and I want to suggest that, nor do you. This is soul-searching time, church. Soul-searching time. I know the time is late. I know, I know. You worked all week. Yes, I know. You gave your all on the job. Praise God. You need to work. That's an honest living. But this is God's time. Can you spend a little time with God? Huh? Just a little talk with Jesus? Makes it all right? And this is the moment to do that. We need to cast off some things out of our lives and step on them. Crush them beneath our feet and leave them there. Thank God he is merciful, amen? Because it was because of his mercy, it was because of his grace, it was because of his patience. Can somebody say amen? amen. That we are saved in the kingdom. Amen. Bow your heads, church. Bow your heads. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I want to thank God because he's good. Can you say amen? We had a baptism today. People surrendered themselves, so I don't mind if the time is late. Because heaven right now is still rejoicing, the Bible tells me so. If one soul surrenders, heaven breaks out in rejoicing. So while you're praying, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to make an appeal. We're at the end of this series. And maybe someone here today... You're doing Bible studies and you're saying, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want to be a part of the next baptism. Yes, I said it. The next baptism. If you're here today, just raise your hand. You want to be a part of the next baptism. I'm being very specific. I want to be a part of the next baptism. I want to do some Bible studies and get ready. If you're here, just raise your hand right now. Praise God, I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Get you ready for the next one. Did I see another hand somewhere? You want to be ready for the next baptism? Where is it? Don't be afraid. God is writing down your name. You're actually putting your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hold your hand up. Just indicate. Praise God, I see that hand in the back. Praise the Lord. I see that. Is there, is there someone else, church? Is there someone else today who would like to say, yes, I want to make my calling and election sure? Are you here? I see those hands. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen, church? Can I take 30 more seconds? If the, I'm waiting on someone else. If you're here and you want to be a part of the next baptism, you want to study, you want to do Bible studies, we have Bible workers right here who will prepare you for that. Raise your hand. Let me see your hand as a witness. The angels will see these hands. Jesus is looking on. Is there another hand somewhere? Let us pray right now. 
I see your little hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we spend some extra time in your presence today. And we know, God, that you don't mind. I want to thank you, Jesus, for what you have been doing for Abundant Life. I want to thank you, O oh God, for keeping this family together. I want to thank you, O oh God, for the jobs you provide, the employment. I want to thank you, O oh God, for financial breakthroughs. And I want to thank you for, 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 for the testimonies of healing. I want to thank you, O oh God, for victories that have been shared on Wednesday nights, Tuesday mornings, Father, at, at, at prayer and praise. I want to thank you, O oh God, for all these blessings you have given to us here in this church family. Father God, the devil tried to attack us, has attacked us, but we're still here. Oh, Father God, that tells me that your word is true. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we praise you. We honor you. We give of ourselves to you forever until you come or till we draw our last breath. We belong to you. Thank you for those hands that are being prepared for baptism. Precious Jesus, nurture them. Father God, I know I can't win no soul. None of us in here can win any soul. But Father God, we are so grateful that the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, is willing to convict us. Father, to convert us and to keep us until you come. So Father, secure those names in the Lamb's Book of Life. Be with those baptized today, and may they continue to grow in the fear and admonition of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let God's people say, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Please be seated. This will be